0: Hey, it's Amber. If you need a quick four to five minute pick me up while on your break at work or to start your day or while your kids are napping, tune into Grace Talks. You'll hear pastors talking about relevant issues like fear, anxiety, and grief. They're short but powerful messages. Find Grace Talks wherever you listen to podcasts. We finished up April showers, so now guess what? We are on to May flowers. And today we're going to be talking about the widow whose flower did not dry up. And so today's episode is called, What Miracles Are You Missing? Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. We are going to head to 1 Kings chapter 17, where Elijah declared to Ahab, who was the king, um, that there would be no dew or rain in the land until he said so. Now, this is important to note because Ahab and Jezebel, who were heathen king and queen, they were Baal worshipers. And Baal was the god of many things, not the least of which was the dew and the rain. So theoretically, Baal should have been able to veto Elijah's word. But, spoiler alert, Baal was not a god, and therefore it did not rain for three years. So after Elijah made his declaration, God told him to head to a brook, and ravens, the bird, brought Elijah bread and meat in the morning and in the evening. Now we're going to stop right there for a minute, because I wanted to research what the ravens were like, because I didn't know a whole lot about the bird. They're kind of a cousin to the crow. They're a large black bird who stores their food and even hides it from other ravens. So this is not a bird who is prone to sharing its food with someone else. So we know that God commanded it to do so. They're incredibly smart. They like to communicate, but they also show empathy. So when one of their uh, bird friends loses a fight, they seem to be able to go and console the loser. So it's kind of interesting that God chose this bird to deliver the meals to Elijah, because it's against their nature to share, and yet they're empathetic. So God used those qualities and commanded the birds and provided for his prophets. It's nothing short of miraculous that that happened, but that's the second miracle, right? In this already short account that I've been telling you about, because the first miracle is that it had not rained from the time that Elijah said so, it didn't rain. Because Baal was no God and God was God. And God said, it will not rain. He agreed with Elijah and it did not rain. So miracle number one, there was no rain. Miracle number two, ravens fed Elijah. Now we're up to miracle number three. And I'm going to read to you from 1 Kings 17. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and for your son. And this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word the lord spoke by elijah whoa i love this account for a couple of reasons first of all jesus said in matthew 6:26 look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they this widow was down to her very last meal and then she didn't know what she had nothing to hope for but to die with her son but god he chose her to bless with this flour and this oil that didn't run dry and I've recently tried to start noticing the way that God is doing the same in my life. There have been so many instances where it looked like one thing was going to happen. And I've prayed and I've been somewhat sad about something or saying to God, you know, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to trust you. You're bigger than this. And then all of a sudden, a door opens. And what looked like a very bleak situation was no longer a bleak situation. But it didn't mean necessarily that the situation was over, just that God gave me a little bit of hope, a little bit of strength to keep going. And that's what I really want to point out, because the famine didn't end for this woman. The famine was still going on in the land. There was no rain. But God provided during the famine. Sometimes we're waiting for the big miracle, the rain to come on the land. Remember, it did not rain. There was no dew for three solid years. And I can only imagine we found out later, much later, after three years, when Elijah was talking to God and he was really bummed out because of how things went with Ahab and Jezebel we found out that he felt like he was all alone but God said no there were there were more than 7000 who never bowed down to baal who were calling on my name so those people were in the land praying and i can imagine they were praying for rain i can imagine they were praying that the famine would stop that the drought would be over but sometimes god doesn't immediately send rain on the land. He just provides miraculously, day by day, little by little. So we have what we need to get through. We just have to trust because God is faithful. Just when I think, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to do this, or I don't know how we're going to get out of this situation, or God, I am really in a bind right here he comes through sometimes in the most amazing ways so sometimes he provides sometimes god works his miracles through healings if we were to read on in this chapter we would find out that this widow who had the son the son got sick and he died And the widow came to Elijah and said, whoa, what is going on? Has my sin brought this on me? And Elijah prayed to God and the young boy was raised back to life. I am sure if you've been following God for any amount of time, you have been in a situation where you have prayed desperately for somebody who was going through a surgery, who was viciously sick who had broken a bone or had some sort of complete and terrible mishap, and you have prayed and begged God to intervene. And if you've lived long enough, I am absolutely positive. You have seen many ways that God has done just that. But Amber, you might be saying, yes, that is true. There have been those times, but there were also those people who didn't get better. And you didn't see the miracle can I challenge you just for a second? Maybe there was a miracle, but it just wasn't the miracle that you were hoping for. So back several years ago now, I prayed for a friend to be healed of her cancer. And God took her home to heaven and gave her total healing. And until the week that she died, I was still praying and believing that God could and would heal her. In the meantime, someone else who was close to me died. It was an old man, so it wasn't unexpected at, at all. But I was still reeling a little bit from this person's death when this friend was taken to the hospital via ambulance, and it became clear that God would not give her physical healing on earth. And for four days, I moped. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm a little bit embarrassed. God didn't seem to be listening. I was really hurting. People kept calling me and sending me messages that she was in the hospital, and I just let them go. And on the fifth day, God gave me the nudge. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in reading his word, gave me that boost like, Amber, for the love of me, get over there and see her. And I mean, it wasn't audible, trust me. I'm just paraphrasing that I kind of had a little nudge from God that I needed to get in the hospital to see her. And it was late. It was 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock at night, and nobody else was there. Everybody was gone. And I walked in the room, and her first words to me were, Amber, you came. Like she had been waiting, which was crazy to me because I just felt like, You know, she was probably thinking about a million other things, and it wouldn't matter if I got there or not. But for the next half hour, we discussed heaven. It was one of the sweetest conversations I've ever had. We talked about what we were absolutely sure of, and then we talked about a whole bunch of things that we didn't know. If heaven would be like this or like this, but can you imagine? And what if it's like this? And isn't that amazing? And you'll know before long. And death... The death of saints is absolutely a miracle. It is 100% holy ground. In fact, in the Psalms, we're told, precious in God's sight is the death of his saints. Now, I am not minimizing it. I am not being frivolous about death. I see death often because of my job that I've had for several years now as an elderly companion and working With older people, I have seen more death than I ever imagined I would. Jesus knew the pain of death. He raised Jairus' daughter. He raised the young man of Nain, whose mom was a widow and who had no one left. He went to the grave of his dear friend, Lazarus, and wept. I love how Pastor Mike in his sermon, um, his Easter sermon, said that in this account, the Greek says that literally Jesus snorted angrily at death when he called Lazarus out of that grave. So it is not that God is saying, oh, death is so precious. You should just be happy about it. It, It's just all going to be fine. He's not sugarcoating it. He's not making it seem as if it is an easy thing to walk through with somebody else. It is, however, the vehicle that God uses to bring you to him for eternity. So death Us going home to heaven is a miracle in and of itself because the Holy Spirit has worked faith in our heart. He's kept that faith alive and going all throughout our house, all throughout our life, rather. Despite the many times that we could have blown it, we would have walked away, we would have just followed the world and got distracted and let our faith go. It is a miracle when our loved ones go to be with God. Okay, so the widow was fed and she experienced the miracle of healing when her son died and God allowed Elijah to bring him back to life. The point of me telling you about this is because day by day by day, God is still miraculously working in our lives and so often we miss it. But just as often, I think we see it, but we're quick to forget it. We forget about all the times in the past that we have had those close calls when we have just about been in the accident, or when the plane has seemed to be not going to make it, or when we have been so very sick. Or our loved ones were in a tragic accident. We had no idea how they would come through. And yet, God was there. We don't want to miss the miracles. And we don't want to miss the answered prayers. Make time to tell the story of your life. So that your children, your grandchildren, the people around you hear about the miracles. See God at work in your life. All throughout the Old Testament, God reminded his people that he was the God who parted the Red Sea and brought the people over on dry ground. Why? He did that so that they would know him and his power. Was that the only miracle that he had done? No, there were so many miracles in the Bible. There was Joseph interpreting the dream of the cupbearer. He couldn't have done that on his own. That cupbearer would later remember and tell Pharaoh and lead to Joseph being raised up and released from prison. It was a great account. There are so many accounts in the book of Judges of the ways that God miraculously used these people who just didn't have a lot going for them, and God miraculously time and time again intervened to deliver his people. King David's entire career just was full of miracles. From slinging that stone that brought Goliath down to being undetected by King Saul during those years that he was running for his life because King Saul had decided that David had to go, There was the many miracles that unfolded and kept David alive during Absalom's rebellion. In the book of Joshua, there was the day that the sun stood still. And that was not the only miracle that could be witnessed that day, because God was raining down hailstones to kill Israel's enemies. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego And that blazing furnace surviving, coming out without any singed hair. Daniel in the lion's den. The apostle Peter in the New Testament, who was in prison, and the angel came and unlocked the doors and led him out of the prison to freedom. Miracle after miracle after miracle, there was the miraculous catch of fish. Peter walking on water, there was... So many miracles in the New Testament, healings, feeding people, just so many things. Why did God put those in the Bible? So that we would know his power, so that we would believe he is good and realize he is still the same very capable God. God tells us several places and in several ways in the Bible That he is the God who can do the impossible. There's nothing he can't do. There's no situation that is bigger than him. Time and time again, when people came to him and were like, I don't know. God said to Moses, "Um, nothing is too hard for me. When Moses said, oh, you're going to feed the people meat? Not all, all the cattle in the world couldn't feed them for a month. And God said, Oh, are you, is that a challenge? Who do you think I am? You need to pray. We need to submit to God and we need to wait on him. He doesn't answer every prayer miraculously in the timeframe that we're hoping for. Sometimes we have to wait a while. Joseph sat in that prison for a couple of years. Sometimes God immediately rescues us and shows us his power and might. And sometimes we have to watch and wait. And sometimes he's doing a good work in us. But this is what we need to remember. God is bigger than anything you could face. And he's big enough to do it. I know what you're thinking. Okay, does this mean that I'm going to get the job? Will so-and-so be healed? Will this mean so-and-so will get through the addiction? Will the wayward child come back and, and start to believe again? Is there faith there? Pray. Wait. Submit to God. Trust, knowing that he's more than capable. And allow him to work and watch for the ways that he answers your prayers. Because there are so many times that he is at work and you can see little glimmers of hope and you totally miss it. And you know, I've brought this up before, but I, I think it's a good time to bring it up again. Long ago, when I was still a little girl in my church, there was a woman who prayed for her husband to come to faith. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And he came to church for her funeral. And he came every week after that. She did not see the answer to her prayers while she was alive on earth. And there's a chance that you are not going to see the answer to your prayers either. That doesn't mean that they weren't heard. That doesn't mean that they won't be answered with a yes at some point. That's why we keep praying. That's why we keep believing and that's why we keep watching for the miracles this has been little things because in god's kingdom the little things are the big things when i go to a restaurant or our family goes on vacation i love to leave reviews i want other people to find the good stuff and or avoid what might be a waste of time if you're a faithful listener would you rate and review little things there's so much vying for time and attention and reviews and ratings really do make a difference as to what people see let me thank you in advance and don't hesitate to reach out if you have a suggestion i am so happy to hear from you thanks for being here